This week's podcast brought to you by Zero Goggles. Rebecca, you've been spending long days in studio away from the house, um, and our kids were complaining that there was nothing good for dinner. And so one day I called their bluff, and I took them to the grocery store and said, what do you want for dinner? And our seventh grader stood thinking for a while, and she said, well, said what they always say, what is there? And I said, there is everything. Anything you could possibly want to eat, anything that you've ever heard of to eat is in this grocery superstore. What would you like for dinner? And after a long sigh, she said, let's just get something at home. Says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Good morning. We've done Ball and Chain After Dark. We usually record this podcast around lunchtime. Yeah, late morning, early afternoon. This is our first sort of uh, good morning ball and chain. It's our earliest recording yet. Yes, it is our earliest recording yet. And I wouldn't describe me as a morning person, as you're about to discover. Um, no, you're absolutely not a morning person. Nor um, am I an evening person. Or a midday person, no. really. <laughs> you wouldn't even describe me as a person. Um, I would describe me as a morning person. I like the early mornings. I've always, uh, I've always been a bit of a morning person. You get up in the dark, in the fives. You're like a miner. Only this time of year. I don't get up in the dark um, in the summertime when the sun comes up earlier. But especially now that we've sprung ahead, yes, when I wake up, it's it's quite dark. Well, you wake up at the same time every day, regardless of where the sun is. Yes, but I'm just saying, depending on the time of year, I'm still waking up at the same time. It may be dark or it may not be. Yes. And while I set my alarm for 6.35 a.m. every day and get up at 6.35, it's usually not until about 10 that I'm that I'm functional okay. in the evening. And right now it's not 10, so we'll see how functional you are as a podcaster. Which reminds me of Jim Murray's classic line about Spokane, Washington. Um, the trouble with Spokane is there's nothing to do there after 10 in the morning, but it's a great place to have breakfast. Have you ever been to Spokane? Not only have I been to Spokane, I've written a 7,000-word piece on Spokane in Sports Illustrated more than 20 years ago, more than 25 years ago now, when three of uh, the greatest athletes in professional sports at the time all came from Spokane. Mark Rippon was the Super Bowl MVP when I wrote this story, and I had a nice barbecue in his backyard with his family. Ryan Sandberg is from Spokane, and John Stockton is from Spokane. And I went to John Stockton's dad's bar by Gonzaga looking for John Stockton, and uh, he was out mowing his lawn and stuff, but he wouldn't talk to me. Really? Yes. Oh, the dad would. The dad was great. I could sit at the bar and talk to him all day. Well, now John Stockton's daughter is a senior point guard for the Gonzaga women's basketball team, a team that... uh, as of right now, is still alive in their conference tournament. They had a big overtime win uh, last night. Z- Zakira Rice hit a uh, hit a runner in overtime. But anyway, um, last year, I think, one of the regionals for women's college basketball was in Spokane. 
Um, but yeah, Gonzaga is a team to keep your eye on for those women's basketball fans. Hitting a runner in, in real life, bad. You don't want to hit a runner. Right. <laughs> basketball, but it's good. It is good, yes. Speaking of basketball, our daughter, our eldest daughter, a freshman in high school, had her state semifinal playoff game the other day. And I only bring it up insofar as at 2 o'clock that afternoon, I got a text from you that said, I'm sick to my stomach with, with nerves or something along that line. And um, I said there's a knot in my stomach, and it's been there since yesterday. I had 36 hours of a knot in my stomach leading up to our, uh, our daughter's high school <laughs> semifinal basketball game. But not... Not a knot in your stomach that you had when you would have been playing a game like that. No, I, I actually, I had lunch with her that day before the game, and I told her this because um, we ate, we just happened to eat about four hours before her game, and that's when uh, athletes have their pregame meal is four hours before the game. And thank I, you for explaining that to me. And and what I told her was, when I was a player, right around the pregame meal was when I would get a little bit of a knot in my stomach or butterflies or whatever it would be. And um, and I told her, but as a parent, I'd had one in my, you know, that same knot in my stomach, but for the previous day and a half. And uh, and it's, you know, as soon as the game would start or, you know, as soon as warm ups would start or whatever, that would go away because you'd be out there and exerting yourself and uh, physically moving and using your adrenaline and whatever. But as a parent, you're not and um, you're not. And so the knot remains in the in the belly. And yet. When I when I drove her to school for the bus to take her to the playoff game, which they lost, um, ending their season. But when I drove her to school to take her to the playoff to the bus to take her to the playoff game, I passed both um, her school's uh, theater group. They're about to put on a big production. Was was amassed in the lobby of the school, and at the high school down the road, another high school. They were advertising the spring jazz concert. And I was thinking to myself, clearly the parents of the kids in the in the theatrical production and the parents of the kids in the jazz concert are nervous, uh, wanting the best for their kids. Um, and, and the kids themselves, I'm sure, are feeling some anxiety. The difference, I think, is that at the end of that concert and at the end of that musical performance, they will not declare a winner and a loser. They won't say, okay, you guys lost, you're done. There won't be a performance tomorrow, and we're going to bring this other group in that will continue on. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I know exactly what you're saying. And, and also, for the most part, um, all the people in the audience, whether it's at a play or a concert, aren't completely aware when somebody... Um, makes a, a little mistake, you know, unless you forget a line or really flub something in a play or, you know, if you're, you play the bass drum when you're supposed to be, you know, the whole orchestra is supposed to be resting. Like and, if you and, have, a, if you have a minor mistake, nobody notices it, but in sports, a, a small mistake, everybody notices not it. Not only do they notice it, but, but half of the <clears throat> audience will stand up and yell, he made a mistake. Right. She made a mistake. She traveled. <laughs> she played the wrong note. Yeah, that's true. Imagine that. Right. No. That's Why a, that's is it okay actually... to do it to a fourteen-year-old playing basketball, but it would be it would be cause for ejection if you did it for a fourteen-year-old playing the clarinet? Because people who are in the audience at shows are or smarter? concerts, no, they're just not as physically and emotionally invested because there's not a winner and loser. 
the way they are in sports. There's a winner and loser. So the fan base um, is a lot more invested in it. And actually, the, the, the semifinal game that our daughter's team lost at the end of it, um, it was kind of a much easier pill to swallow because the other team um, wasn't obnoxious. I thought that they played hard. I thought that they won with class. Their fans were the same way, at least the ones that, that we could hear. They weren't obnoxious. And so it made it much easier at the end of the game to kind of say, you know what, they deserve this win. Congratulations to them. Good luck to them moving forward in the state finals versus you know, there's sometimes where you, the other team just acts like idiots and the fans are buffoons. And um, and it, th- those are the games where it really just eats at you that you lose, whether you're a player or a fan. My favorite is when, uh, when uh, like uh, a fourth grader is throwing up three goggles after making one of ten three-point shots. I, I enjoy that as a spectator. Yeah. I, 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 it's, I'm fine with it as long as... Um, as long as kids, just out of fairness, throw up zero goggles when they miss. Right. <laughs> well, I think that three should goggles be a requirement. and zero goggles look a little bit uh, the same. But, um, yeah, I, I saw a kid play uh, somewhat recently, and he was a really, really, really talented and skilled um, boy. And he was really enjoyable to watch he not only you know could he really score but he got his teammates involved just a supremely talented kid for his age but he was a buffoon he um he threw up the three goggles he celebrated and and i just wanted to i'm like why isn't somebody taking this kid aside why isn't a coach taking this kid aside and said you are way too talented you are way too good to act like that and um and i was just thinking like you know if 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 it was a girl who was was as talented as this kid who acted like that, that's the kind of person who, you know, the UConn coaches would walk into a gym if this kid was a freshman or sophomore, and no matter how talented they were, walk right back out after watching for three minutes because all of the extra stuff was so off-putting. And um, I just hope at some point somebody just pulls him aside and says, you don't need to do all that other stuff. Your play itself is so spectacular. It speaks for itself. You're going to get enough attention just by how how good you are that you don't need all of that other craziness. But, of course, that's never going to happen. And to answer your question... It might. I, I still have faith. He's young enough. I'm, I'm hopeful that it still might happen. It has nothing to do with the kid. It has to do with coaches. And, and you asked why... You don't understand why, because the first part of your statement, he was talented, allows for the second part of the statement, why nobody said anything. Um, we've segued now from from basketball instantly into spring sports. It's, there's nine feet of snow outside, even though it's 50 degrees. Um, so we're just living in a fog, literally in a fog this week. But um, I, after her final basketball game on Saturday, our eight-year-old's final basketball game on Saturday, I had to bring her to her softball assessment uh, <laughs> right. that afternoon. Right. Granted, she hasn't thrown, caught, or swung at a softball since last July. Right. So I could have mailed in the assessment that she's... She's not very good. <laughs> well, she's exactly where she was nine months ago. But on the way to the assessment, our eight-year-old asked, where is the assessment? It's in the same place every year. And I said, it's... It's right by the dentist. And she let out a long sigh, a long, genuinely tired, world-weary sigh from the back seat and said, you mean 
Markowski Dental Associates. <laughs> no, she didn't. It's exactly what she said. <laughs> well, she's right. That's hysterical. <laughs> and I know why she said it, because a few nights earlier on local TV, well, watching like a national game or something, there was that block of local commercials. And one of the commercials that we see occasionally on our local cable is for Markowski Dental Associates. Yeesh, these all got to come out. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm a real jokester. This isn't one of those commercials. And she gets all excited to recognize the dental hygienists that have, have worked on her. Right. So there you have it. But I think she will make a great... I'm in copy editing for my book right now. Where, where a copy editor makes all kinds of comments about both grammar and stylistic things and and fact-checking uh, questions. And uh, that's the kind of thing I would expect to see on a copy-edited manuscript. You know, I went to the dentist. Editor's question, you mean Markowski Dental Associates? Right. Question mark. Well, hopefully that's the, uh, that's the business that will sponsor her jersey and um, she can wear proudly the, uh, the dental associate's name on uh on the front of her if i were them i would be sponsoring the the youth hockey team and then uh, if there's any money left over other sports but not ones like that where you wear a face mask so she did get a mouth guard for basketball and i don't think she ever wore it did she we boil it was a is it bite and boil or boil and boil and bite i guess that would make more sense in that boil and bite yeah she uh, one of her teammates wore a mouth guard and she thought that was really cool and so she got her a mouth guard, which I'm a big proponent of. I, I wore a mouth guard my entire career after I got my braces off in high school. My mother said we did not spend all that money for you to then get hit in the mouth. And so when I was in high school, I had one of those boil and bite mouth guards. But then when I got to college, they actually had a dentist, you know, make a decent mouth guard. And then when I got to the WNBA, it was so perfectly made that you couldn't even tell I you know I couldn't even tell I was wearing it really anyway I'm a big proponent of wearing a mouth guard our oldest doesn't but she still has her braces on and she gets those off we will be investing in that I thought you were gonna say I'm a big proponent of boil and bite yeah <laughs> in all perhaps I am in all uh, walks of life it sounds like a not like a law firm or or a buddy cop movie Charles Boyle, not the most brilliant detective, but he works harder than anyone else. He's not physically gifted. I'm nowhere near full Boyle. Then prove it. We're sitting in our cold basement. You're wearing a jacket, a hoodie, a jacket, and a a hat. Yesterday, I called the American Championship game, and I took your car to drive to the Mohegan Sun Arena. And it was a really bright and sunny day yesterday, and there's still snow on the ground, so it was reflective, and it was just bright and sunny. So I'm in your car, and I knew I had left a pair of sunglasses in your car, so I'm looking for them as I'm driving, and and you have kind of a console in between the front two seats. And we talked a couple weeks ago about, you know, where things go to die in your glove box. Well, for you, where they go to die is in that center console. So as I was trying to feel around for my sunglasses, which I did not find. I did find a number of your winter hats. And many, just, many winter hats. Do you have, can you venture a guess how many winter hats I of yours I, that you had in that The over-under is five. Go over. It was There were six of those hats in there and, and a pair of gloves. Now, I understand you're a bald man and you need to keep your head warm this time of year. Okay, two hats, 
maybe three because, you know, you put one in there, you forget to take it out. Six. Well, what if I were to lose five of them, right. which is a distinct possibility? <laughs> I mean, like when I get what if I What if I were to get in, in some kind of a, an accident and there were there were f- five, five other bystanders there? There were five other need of bald hats. people yes. there who needed hats. That's this is another one of the many areas where you and I are, are different. When when I get out of the car, I look around and I tend to try to grab whatever is in the car that that shouldn't remain in there, and um and you don't. You I just, tend to shove it into the center just, console. You just shove it into the center console or leave it on the seats or whatever. So anyway, I, I left them because I I figured there was some method to your madness that you wanted all six hats in there. But at some point, especially as the weather gets warmer, you might want to make room for other things like my sunglasses, and take out some of those hats. I will. I will make room for summer hats when, when it becomes summer. You mentioned it's freezing in the basement here, and, and I'm just plucking this out of the, the viewer mail stack and uh, prior to viewer mail because when something comes up in the podcast, I'm just going to go straight to that relevant viewer mail from that week. And this is relevant to our freezing basement, which we've talked about a lot. People, We've had so many people suggest, why don't you get a space heater? Have you gotten a space heater already? Um, Why don't you get me a space heater for Mother's Day? That's a good idea. Uh, well, we we're not, we don't want a space heater, and I'm about to read you why. Oh. Although although Dr. Gary Siegel, in another viewer mail that I'll read later, suggests that we finish our basement. <laughs> we won't tell him that the part where we're sitting is finished. Yes, we finished and it. We the just heat didn't, is that We poor. just didn't finish it well enough, apparently. Rebecca and Steve writes Tanya from Troy. After a few podcasts, which included the threat of a space heater being purchased, or at least the idea of it, I feel the need to step in. This is an intervention of sorts. Until now, my career hasn't come into play on your podcast. Relax. I don't sell anything. In New York, I work for the State Department of the Department of Public Service that regulates the utilities, such as National Grid and Con Edison. But more specifically, I work in the Office of Clean Energy, which regulates the clean energy and energy efficiency programs of those utilities. If you're considering a space heater, I'd suggest you look into an air source heat pump specifically a cold source ductless mini split a cold source ductless mini split they work by converting air into heat even down to minus 15 degrees connecticut even has a state-sponsored green bank that provides rebates for residential insulation they're tremendously more efficient than a space heater and last about 15 years they are essentially and rebecca you'll love this you and i will both be comfortable with this they are essentially those ac slash heaters in hotel rooms Ah. So the ones where at 3 o'clock in the morning you get up to turn the thing off or on or adjust it because you are you were, went to bed freezing and now you're roasting or vice versa. Yes. Anyway, Tanya includes links to uh, various brands of these and says perhaps I can snag the role of resident energy efficiency advisor. I think she's won it. Oh, she's, she's it. got that for sure. Well, thank you. We appreciate that because we are um, very aware of our need and everyone's need to be more energy efficient. And that can be your Mother's Day gift. And to go back to one other thing that we talked about earlier, we, we talked about me dropping off our freshman at high school for her, the biggest basketball game of her young life. Right. State semifinal in front of a big crowd um, on a, was it a Friday night? It was a Friday, Friday night. And, as, and you're nervous, I'm nervous, and as we pulled up to drop her, as I pulled up to drop her for the bus, the team bus, she looked at me, briefly frisked herself, and said, I don't have any socks. She was wearing her uniform under sweatsuit, and she was wearing slides with her basketball shoes in, in her backpack. And so there in the parking lot, before she got on the bus, I took off my shoes, peeled off my gray 
athletic socks. They weren't like dress socks. And, uh, and she put them on. And she complained that they were damp. Well, clearly. Well, I mean, we, we talked about last year how we sh- went to an AAU game and got out of the car and she was wearing her slides and s- said, I forgot my sneakers. And so I had to give her my running sneakers I was wearing that were just slightly too big. And Cheryl Reeve, the Minnesota Lynx coach, because I had tweeted about that, said uh, I should have fined her. So um, what do you think the fine should be for forgetting socks the night of the state semifinal well it's an interesting question about sort of today's parenting and the generational divide because somebody said on twitter i i i I tweeted this and somebody more than one person in fact said this is why you need to carry a spare bag with extra socks not this is why your kid needs to remember her socks right this is why the parent needs to have all those extra supplies in the car and that's exactly what the solution i'm sure will end up being because that's what we've become that's what we've become. If our daughter's team had won the semifinal and played to advance the state championship, or the kids who did uh, win and, and are playing in the state championship, the state championship in Connecticut is held at the Mohegan Sun Arena, which is the arena where I was last night. The American Conference Championship is held there. It's where the Connecticut Sun play their games. It's a fantastic place to play and watch basketball. Great arena, great court. 10,000 seats, is that? Um, I think it's just under 10,000. And it's just, it's a great place to even just go and watch a basketball game. All right, without segue or delay here, we've got a limited amount of time and an unlimited amount of viewer mail. So should we get, get to viewer mail? Yeah, let's please get to viewer mail. Big bad look, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Our first viewer mail comes to a ball and chain pod at gmail.com, and it's from uh, Becky. Becky writes, Rebecca and Steve, I just finished in- listening to episode 67 and heard the viewer mail question about uniform shorts length. We were talking about you don't like it when players roll up the bottom of the shorts, roll down and the waistband. Tuck them and I just don't like when they look like diapers. Right. Why do they do that? I'm an assistant equipment manager at a D2 university, God bless our listeners, and have some insight into basketball short length for you. Shorts length for you. There's a there's an oxymoron. Shorts length. There you go. The standard inseam for Adidas custom basketball shorts is eight inches with a plus two or minus two inch option. My shorter ladies wear the minus two inch option, and the taller ones wear the plus two inch option. Depending on the style, the standard inseam for Under Armour custom women's basketball shorts is either seven inches or eight inches. UA offers minus one inch, minus two inch, plus one inch, plus two inch, and plus three inch options. This gives you teams the options to have different lengths for the athletes that prefer them that way. Your resident equipment manager, Becky. Thank you, Becky. So it's so the it's not on the uniform companies. They're they're doing their thing. It's on the coaches to ask their players what they want. And maybe but, there should be a minus three option. There's a plus three option. There might need to be a minus. But it's it's three also option. the players want to modify them in some way. You could you could make them exactly the way they roll them up and all that, and they would then they would want to modify them in some other That's way. True. It's just human nature. In the in the WNBA a couple of years ago, because players kept tucking their their shirt, not their sleeve, because it was a tank top, but that part of their shirt, they would tuck under their bra strap to make it narrower. So then the the uniform company at the time, Adidas and now Nike, 
made them narrow so that we wouldn't have to do that anymore. But you're right. So then it becomes, all right, what do I modify next? And, and fashion, by its very nature, has to constantly be changing. So by the time the uniform company catches up with what the players are doing to the uniforms, they're going to do something else to it. Speaking of uniforms, jerseys, good afternoon, Restiva, writes Mike in Cincinnati. What are your thoughts on players asking to wear jersey numbers that have already been retired. I think it puts the former player in an awkward situation where they would look very bad if they said no. Rebecca, if a player or recruit asked you if they could wear number 50 at UConn, recently retired, what would you say? That's a great question. I've not heard of that before. Have people asked yes. for retired I, I should numbers? I should cite specific examples, but yes, it has happened. Well, I, I wouldn't, it would never come to me because if a player wanted to wear number 50, the UConn coaches would take care of that and say, no, it's retired. I would stay out of it. The only time I would say, of course you can wear number 50, would be if... They offered you a, a large sum of cash. That, um, a nice set of golf clubs, even though I don't really play golf, or if they were related to me, then, um, you know, if I, we had a, a granddaughter who ended up being a great basketball player at some point, and she said, you know, Grandma, can I wear number 50? I'd be like, yeah, you can wear number 50. <laughs> well, speaking of... of uh enormous accolades and and high honors. Uh, Bob in, in Minnesota writes, I'm a big fan of the pot. I happened to be at Bloomington Kennedy High School today for a youth basketball tournament and came across this fantastic plaque that I had to share. Words really do not do it justice. Apparently, Rebecca isn't the only one in an athletic Hall of Fame, and it is a picture of a plaque of mine hanging in the Bloomington Kennedy High School Hall of Fame, so take that. Uh, Did Rebecca. he send a picture? He sent a picture, but I don't. I didn't print the picture out because it would have used all of our cartridge right. ink. Right. Well, you don't have to print the picture out. You can forward it to me so I can post it on our Ball and Chain um, Instagram account, which is at Ball and Chain Podcast. That actually makes me think our summer, our son's um, basketball season ended. Uh, his little, his travel team and we had a party for them. Um, we didn't host it. It was at our local YMCA and the kids were shooting around and having a great time. And the, the so the boys, the 10 year old boys were at one end just playing whatever basketball game they were playing. And then the dads were at another end shooting free throws and playing their own. No, we were playing game. a game called two bounce that, that our friend Mario introduced us to. Well, anyway, I, I didn't tell you this as I was standing on the side. Um, at one point, one of the dads came over and said to me, um, I see where you. I see why you married Steve. He's got a nice shot, <laughs> because up until up until then, they had no idea how, why I could have possibly married you. But then when they saw your jump shot, they realized that was why. <laughs> and little do they know, but you would would not have married me if I didn't have right, a jump shot. Right. <laughs> I see why you married Steve, and it was said not jokingly after all these years complete sincerity the scales have fallen from my eyes he's got a decent jump shot now i see why you married him right well i was playing one-on-one with our son in the driveway last night springing ahead has given us another hour of daylight so we were out there at 7:45, still shooting hoops in the near dark and and i discovered a problem with these blue basketballs these golden state warrior colored basketballs that kids use now our son has a steph curry one our daughter has a kevin durant one you can't see them at night there's a reason god made orange basketballs yes. and we got to get back to that but um because uh, god is the one who made them actually let me let me ask this question because you me- mentioned um now that we've sprung ahead because we had this conversation yesterday are we in daylight savings time now or did we just leave daylight savings time we're in it now right are we are we on eastern standard time or eastern daylight time aren't we on eastern daylight we are time? on eastern daylight time okay i believe so um i've never understood that myself but yes i believe we're on edt now and but anyway my son after I, after I had hoisted a, a couple of errant uh, jumpers, said, 
Well, I knew who I didn't get my jump shot from. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the end of the season, his jump shot was a little bit broke, so maybe he did get his jump shot. It wasn't broke you. last night, unfortunately. <laughs> Speaking of jump shots, Rebecca and Steve writes, Brian, this is to ballandchainpod at gmail.com. So, in the pre-Easy Pass days, the Garden State Parkway had toll booths, and the passengers would toll shoot over the car into the basket. Now, we remember we talk about hook shotting from the passenger side into, into uh, toll booths, particularly in Chicago in my case. The Holy Grail, writes Brian, was to go seven for seven for the trip from where we lived to the beach. One time after hitting my first five shots, my friend started to ask me if I thought I could finish the task. I immediately cut him off because this is like, like a no-hitter. It should not be discussed. Luckily, I was in such a zone that night that I closed it out. Also, I had a buddy who would go to the attendant, tell him he knew the guy behind him, and pay for that guy, and then just take off, leaving the people behind them to wonder who it was they knew in front of them. <laughs> Keep potting along, Brian. It, you know, he talks about you don't mention that, like you don't mention a no-hitter. Yesterday, in, during the game, it was the third quarter. And UConn games, I've talked about this before, tend to go by very fast. They tend to last like an hour, 45 minutes, because UConn doesn't foul. It's a fast pace of play. Anyway, we're calling the game, and so I get into the talk back, push the button, and say to my producer, wow, this game's really flying. And he gets back in my ear and he's, oh, you just jinxed it because they didn't, they don't want the game to slow down because when, when the game ends that you're calling, you know, then you, especially if you're local, you leave and drive home. And so you want that game to end early versus when I'm in studio, we're sitting there, we want the games to go a little bit longer because if the game's short, then the studio show fills the time to the top of the hour. And we, we don't mind doing that. We like talking, but sometimes, you know, if it's really, really long, um, you can run out of, uh, out of content. So and, anyway. And, and for those cynical people in sports media, you're, you're, yourself and myself included, there's only one thing better than the greatest game of all time, and that's a game that ends early and the you can go home. The fastest game of all time. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, I, I, I now know I'm not allowed to speak the words, um, this game is really moving because then everyone in the production truck lets out a collective sigh and, oh, she just jinxed it. That, that elicits a similar groan and, and anger in a baseball press box of a baseball game is zipping along. It, at least it used to. Baseball games don't zip along anymore. Um, speaking of that UConn game, we were at the UConn game the week before when your jersey was retired, and uh, Sheila writes, love the podcast, please send swag, I will. Then she says, thanks, also loved Steve's jacket. I assume that's a reference to my electric green uh, yeah. North Face jacket that I was wearing that night at, uh, at UConn. So, hi, Rebecca and Steve. So what I really want to know is whether anyone has ever used nylons to keep the quarters in the pool table. Now, this is some inside baseball that we have to explain. We talked last week about, about all the uses of quarters, yes, particularly that used to be. Yes. And didn't you know somebody who put quarters in yeah. nylons and used them in the... Um, in when washing I was in machine. college, when they when they would put them in the washing machine or the dryer, they'd put them in the nylons so that they wouldn't drop into the the coin catcher, and they could uh, they could do their laundry. And for of course, free. you stack quarters on the pool table to reserve that for the next game. What uh, Carrie wants to know is: Has anybody ever used nylons to keep the quarters in the pool table? Probably can't do it in such a public venue, but it would be funny to see if it worked. Right? Congrats again to Rebecca for the number the number retirement ceremony. Based on the last podcast that made for a lot of great memories and conversation, signed Carrie, spouse of West Hartford Matt. Ah, well, we know West Hartford. We know Matt, West Hartford Matt, and 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 I'm surprised she, 
spouse of West Hartford Matt should be long-suffering spouse of West Hartford Matt, I'm guessing, <laughs> wouldn't you think? Well, that makes me think. Stephanie sent uh, something into Twitter, at Ball and Chain Pod. She said, made the Ball and Chain viewer mail. I'm the sad fiancé with a cheerleader-esque jump shot. So there you go. Don't send us something in viewer mail that you're afraid um, your partner or spouse would uh, mind hearing us read. Lori writes, this is last week, it's been a rough Wednesday morning, so I start looking for my ball and chain fix. It's not available, but I just read that it will be posted at noon. I have to wait another hour, but I can. Last week, we had some uploading issues. In fact, the last couple weeks, we've had some uploading issues, haven't we? We've Yeah, I'm the one who does the uploading, and there have been issues. And yeah, so our, the podcast last week was done plenty early. It just took forever to upload it, and, um, and b- you were watching our daughter's quarterfinal game that night. I was coaching a couple games that night. This was last week. And um, so anyway, once it wouldn't upload, we were out of the house till late at night. Denny didn't get it till very, very late. So it was posted later in the day. And uh, if you're having uploading issues, ask your doctor if Restiva is right for you. Uh, speaking of our daughter's game, hi, Stephen Rebecca. Thank you for being so gracious on Friday night at the Northwest, at the, at the high school basketball game after beating us. She include, mentions her school, from the previous week, we were hoping your daughter's team could be the Cinderella of Class S. I now have my autographed podcast coaster proudly displayed next to my desk at work. Rebecca, my friend Phyllis, was tickled pink to get her picture with you. This We've signed the, a couple of, of uh, ball and chain yeah, coasters the, now. The swag is out there and well, uh, at the UConn game the previous week and uh, at the high school well, this game. this was really nice. We're at the state semifinal game, and we had a chance to meet th- these two women who um, are listeners of the podcast. And they had seen the previous game. They were rooting for the other team. Our daughter's team beat that team. And they still continued to, um, just as basketball fans, come and watch some of the state tournament games. So that was really nice. Here, this is from Jeff. He said, he sends a picture and said, my wife sent me to Aldi. I saw these and decided to try White Castle for the first time. My wife opened up the freezer and said, who do you think you are, Steve Russian? I replied, yes, listening to the Ball and Chain pod has opened me up to new horizons. So for the first time, he got White Castle burgers. Well, I hope the next time that I nuke uh, a six-pack of White Castle burgers, you will say to me, who do you think you are, Steve Russian? Right, exactly. And then uh, Mike also responded on Twitter and said, I buy them occasionally. You have to dope them up with mustard. So, um, so if you're enough. new to the White Castles, if you, you might need to dope them up with mustard. Well, uh, speaking of doping them up with mustard and White Castles uh, uh, ketchup and mustard combination coming in the same squeeze bottle, um, our brother-in-law sent me a photo, texted me a photo this week uh, of, I think it's Heinz mayo chup. It's, it's mayo and ketchup in the same bottle. He said, I thought of you when I saw this, and, and um, it, it has sort of a, a mustardy color. But it's ketchup and mayo in the same bottle, combined. and it's essentially yeah combined. It's essentially what goes on like the uh, Whopper Junior that, that that my son and I so so adore. But but really, who doesn't have room for a separate ketchup and mayo? That's that's gross. It's just like when you at the grocery store, if you're buying peanut butter or jelly, I, I think it's Jif. One of the brands sells the the tub with peanut butter on one side and jelly on the other. That's another one. Like it's easy enough to buy those separately. It's not like an Oreo. You can't buy the cookie. And the cream separately, so of course they make an Oreo and sell it as such, but that's a little silly. Ketchup yeah, and mayonnaise? Leah writes, Restiva, I'm just now catching with the podcast and have a suggestion for your children's artwork. Uh, you mentioned taking pictures of them and then throwing them away. She suggests you take pictures of them and then upload them to my long disused 
digital picture frame that you that I gave you for Christmas and you never used. And if we could still find it, she says, uh, that might be a good use for it. But she has a couple of stories she wants to tell you. She's a huge UConn women's basketball fan in New Hampshire and travels down, has traveled the last two Final Fours, and goes to four or five games a year. She's been uh, heartbroken at the last two Final Fours, she writes. But here are her stories. One, in 1997, when the WNBA started, my sister and I were basketball-obsessed 8- and 10-year-olds. We actually talked her mom into getting a vanity license plate that said WNBA, which she had up until a year ago when she finally decided to get a regular one. You wouldn't believe how many times she was approached by people asking if she played basketball and, more ridiculously, if she was Rebecca Lobo. Let me paint the picture for you. My mom is 5'3", very blonde, and was usually toting around three kids. <laughs> Maybe the people who asked thought that giving birth made you shrink just a little bit. One day she was so frustrated with people asking, she responded to one guy saying, I actually am Rebecca Lobo and I have to go. I'm supposed to be in New York for a game. She then got in the car and drove away, leaving the man standing in the parking lot looking confused. Two, once the Connecticut Sun were established, my sister and I were ecstatic. We went down for a game, and while we were waiting for the doors to open, my dad took me and my sister over to see something, while my mom and brother stayed near the doors. When we got back, my mom said, you guys just missed it. Rebecca Lobo walked by us and went in through those doors. My sister and I were so upset that we missed you, we both started crying and asking our mom why she didn't stop you for an autograph. We still bring it up and tell her she's the reason we haven't met you yet. Love the podcast. Hashtag Team Rebecca. That's from Leah. That's totally their mother's fault that they we haven't had a chance to meet yet. <laughs> well, Leslie asks, um, uh, sh- she's, uh, she's uh, born and raised a Connecticut native who now lives in Atlanta, grew up in Simsbury, attended Latimer Lane Elementary, Henry James, and then Simsbury High School. I mostly played soccer but enjoyed basketball and lacrosse. I've always been a big UConn fan, which is now a slight problem as my oldest daughter plays soccer for East Carolina in the AAC. It doesn't go over well when I wear my UConn hat on their campus. Her question is, why viewer mail is labeled as viewer mail when it's actually listener mail. And we should probably every 10 episodes explain that it is a tribute to David Letterman's old NBC late night show from the 80s where they would have the viewer mail. And uh, we realize that we have listeners and not viewers. Kids, it's time to answer our voluminous viewer mail, which has uh, been piling up over the last five or six days. We have a, a tweet from Kevin who sends a picture of a frosty mug full of beer. And it says, great start, 9 a.m. batch 19 on Daylight Savings Day morning. Because we've talked frequently about um, morning drinking when people are traveling. And this definitely looks like he's at an airport. And um, he's enjoying a beer at 9 a.m., which was actually, when you spring ahead, that would have actually been 8 a.m. So good for you, Kevin. Well, speaking of of, of beer, our friend Mark emailed me a picture this week of he was enjoying a Kirkland IPA. Costco sells beer now? I didn't know that. Well, they, they do sell Their beer. Their own store brand beer. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't yeah. know they had store brand beer. But remember, we had somebody tell us that the Costco um, Irish Cream, oh, that's their version true. of yes. Bailey's we was still very haven't checked good. That but out. I, yeah, I didn't know We should know probably, they had. just for podcast purposes, make a sweep through Costco one of these days. Uh, they probably sell those uh, energy-efficient space heaters. We haven't heard in a couple of weeks from Dr. Gary Siegel, and that's my fault because uh, we didn't have time for uh, last week's all of last week's viewer mail. It was just going in chronological order. So uh, here's the update from, from Dr. Siegel. Uh, congratulations, Rebecca, on your 50 hanging, hanging in Gample Pavilion. Dr. Siegel hopes that a uh, photograph or a number of mine, Steve's, will hang from the ceiling of Sports Illustrated's editorial office in the near future. Not sure what that would be. Perhaps a, a mustard-stained uh, golf shirt. It's always fun to listen to the podcast on Wednesday mornings, especially at the gym. Doctor Siegel writes: One gentleman walked into the locker room, apparently on the telephone, and mentioned something about 
quote, the breathalyzer being wrong. <laughs> My wish for him is that he uses more discretion in driving than, he, than in his telephone habits. Uh, you have an audience of like-minded people who enjoy your podcast, and I think I can speak for all of them as we shiver with you during the podcast recorded during the winter. Finish your basement. Include a large room for the children so that you can keep an eye on them as they become teens. Put in plenty of electrical outlets and a couple of big screens, a bathroom, and a modern heating unit with an easily changed filter. We have all of those things, Except with the exception of the heat. Yes, we don't have the We heat. have finished the basement years ago. Dr. Siegel talking about being in the locker room uh, reminds me again, we were at the YMCA this past week for our son's basketball party, and one of the parents was telling a story about being at that same Y when one of her kids, a daughter, was very young, and I don't remember exactly what happened, a bloody nose or something, and anyway, she had her daughter and brought her into the locker room so she could take care of the problem, and once she got into the locker room, she realized she had gone into the men's locker room. And um, for anyone who's been at the YMCA, I wouldn't necessarily say their clientele at that time of day um, are the young, really fit people. And so her daughter got quite the eyeful. <laughs> well, um, I don't know how to follow that, but Dr. Siegel does write that his son is 35, his daughter's 32. When she was 10 and an athletic ballet dancer, she began to eat uh, healthily and shunned French fries, though when they would go through a drive-thru, she would beg her brother for just a single, single fry. He always offered her a toenail fry, but until last week's podcast, he didn't have a name for such a French fry. Thank you. So we've introduced toenail fry into the lexicon, and just the other day, you came home from somewhere with the kids. You'd stopped for burgers and fries. They brought them home, and I asked my son for a fry, and he dug through the fries and offered me the toenail fry. And finally, we have one more viewer mail here. We have no... no um, no Denny's Curiosity Shop this week. I don't think Denny gets up this early in the morning, and nor do we have uh, any Uber confessions this week. But we do have this email from Sherry, uh, C-H-E-R-I, who um, last week asked us about Uber etiquette, who got into the front seat of the Uber, and we disabused her of that. Remember? Yes, I do. How could you forget? Well, she says, my kids are 24 and 27, and when my son introduced me to the young woman he was dating and whom he will marry next Saturday, March 16th, he told me nothing about her other than her first name. I've been accused of being nosy, and he swore I wouldn't meet any of the girls he was dating until he met the girl he was going to marry. He kept his word. Since he wouldn't tell me anything, I had to resort to Facebook stalking and reviewed the list of his friends until I found the right name. She's wonderful, and we're thrilled to welcome her into our family. A word of caution about Facebook stalking. I found her mother's name and was showing my friend the Facebook page when, while maneuvering, I accidentally hit friend request for her mom. <laughs> There's no recall for this request, and I was rather embarrassed. Fortunately, her mom is very nice and accepted my request. This became our portal for getting to know each other since, to date, we have met each other exactly twice in person per the kid's request. P.S. Rebecca, I'm looking forward to watching you and the ESPN broadcast team for the Women's NCAA Tournament. I have great hopes that you will be following my Oregon Ducks as they move through Eugene, Portland, and hopefully end up in Tampa getting to visit with you and Holly at L as they prepare for the Final Four and hopefully the national title game, Go Ducks. Okay, that came in. Uh, one day, and then the next day, or possibly the same day, not looking at the dates here, she writes again, as an addendum to my earlier email about my son getting married on March 16th, the first date was the result of his soon-to-be wife swiping right on the Bumble dating app. She had previously mentioned that uh, Denny, Denny is the first one to bring Bumble to our attention, right? Yes. And and uh, Sherry mentions that perhaps the fact that he comes up as deny, D-E-N-Y, is, is serving as either a, a, an overt or subconscious reminder to the person swiping that she should deny this particular uh, overture. So, funny story. His daughter, his, his, her son and, and soon-to-be wife, 
met in college when she was a freshman and he was a leader in her young life group. She thought he was cute, but they were just friends. Unbeknownst to each other, they were both on Bumble at the same time. She had seen his picture once, but swiped left, which meant she was rejecting him. About six weeks later, fed up after several bad dates, she decided she would give Bumble one more try. Even though she had swiped left, his picture came up, and this time, she swiped right. The rest, as they say, is history, with the aforementioned wedding a week from Saturday. That's like a modern-day O. Henry story. Just be careful which way you swipe. And on that note... Tom Dick Hari. Play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane Six of us and the family pad Live in this cuckoo nest Daily grind puts your sanity To a daily test Androgynous and vigorous Well we give for a little rest it's day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.